Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of The Mental Golf Show. As always, I'm your host, Josh Nichols. In working with players on improving their golf psychology, there are seemingly infinitely different types of scenarios that players can go through. And what's crazy is they're almost always unique. And I think that's because each of us have developed our own different habits based on our own unique history and personality. Not just any advice will help you untangle these unhelpful habits, whether it's physical or mental. Golf isn't one size fits all. So while advice needs to be generic enough to help almost everyone, it can never apply to every individual's exact issues. The advice that I want to share today is intended to be generic, but also applicable to what any of you are specifically going through. Every one of us has a shot or a hole or a course that causes us issues like fear, worry, or anxiety. You don't have to be a head case for this to be true. I know most people think when they have something that recurringly happens and they are always in the same situation and it bothers them and they can't shake it, they feel like a head case. Maybe it's like you're terrified of an end-of-the-grain chip shot, or maybe it's tee shots with OB down the left, or tournaments where people are paying attention to what you shoot, like uh, high school players who who are over-caring of what college coaches think. Um, it's important, yes, they should. there is some care there, there is consequences, but to the point where it's uh, it's it's an overwhelming thing. The thing is, None of these are inherently bad things. They might be difficult to you and cause you more problems than they do to other people, but an into-the-grain chip shot is not good or bad necessarily until you label it. OB on the left side of a hole is only bad or difficult because you label it as bad or difficult. Now, that's not to say that your problems or difficulties are made up and you just need to get over them because they're not real? No, 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 quite the opposite, actually. The very fact that you have created those negative or positive labels means that they can be uncreated. You have control over the labels that you give things. Okay, now that we've identified that events and their emotional labels are inherently neutral, and we make them good or bad, why do we make them good or bad? Where do these emotional labels come from, and how can we get rid of them? Because usually these emotional labels are unhelpful. They lead to unhelpful things. So let's lay some groundwork here. we got to talk about your brain. Everything comes from your brain. (laughs) Pretty much everything you do, I don't even know about pretty much, but um, everything that you encounter, uh, every emotion you have, every every experience um, you have internally comes from your brain. And your brain's number one job is to keep you alive. As Dr. Raymond Pryor says in his book, Golf Beneath the Surface, the brain is responsible for a wide range of functions. But above all else, your brain is designed to ensure your survival. Unquote. So, it's safe to assume that your emotions, which originate in your brain, are ways that your brain uses to keep you alive. It's, it must be a function that serves that most important purpose. What emotions pop into your brain when you are startled by a snake, let's say? A knee-jerk reaction to pull your leg out of the way. What emotion pops into your brain when a car in front of you slams on its brakes? 
a knee-jerk reaction to swerve out of the way. These emotional reflexes are not good or bad. They're tools that your brain uses to keep you alive. They're neutral. But where the complication happens is when the situation you're in isn't life or death. An into-the-grain chip shot is neutral, right? Or a tournament you're competing in is neutral, right? They're not life or death and don't require those survival reflexes. They're, you won't die if a chip shot goes bad. Uh, you might feel like you will, but you won't. But at some point along the way, your brain was taught by you or others that this situation is do or die. And if you don't execute properly, it's the end of the world. So to your brain, the into the grain chip shot isn't so tame anymore. It's as life-threatening as a wild animal that wants to end your life. And you could probably relate to that. It feels like that, right? So then during that into the grain chip shot or on that tight tee shot with OB down one side, your brain, doing its number one job as a life preserver, will send all the same signals to your body to protect you and keep you alive. It'll tell your body to tense up, make really fast movements, and do whatever it takes to get out of there as quickly as possible. This tension and jerkiness might sound awfully familiar. It's very rare to hear a player say they got too slow when they were afraid of an outcome. Do you ever make too smooth of a swing when you're anxious about hitting it in the wrong spot? It's almost always some combination of short, jerky, tense, or fast. To your brain, though, this is success. Your brain did exactly what it thought it was supposed to do in the scary situation. It made you tense up and go faster, and you survived, so cha-ching, it got what it was going for, which solidifies the behavior the next time you're in that situation, or any situation deemed threatening by your brain. So the spiral goes like this. You have a tough chip, which your brain perceives as a threatening situation because you've taught yourself that it's threatening. So your brain goes into survival mode, and survival mode means you're going to make tense, quick motions, which leads to hitting a bad chip, but you survived. So the next time you have a tough chip, even more so, your brain goes into survival mode, and even more so, you make tense, quick motions because your brain knows this keeps you alive, so you hit an maybe even even worse chip, but you survived, and on and on and on. So we know we've got to end this vicious cycle from spiraling out of control and letting yet another round turn south. Maybe you can relate to this kind of spiral where you start a round, you're feeling pretty good, but you hit that one, one shot, and then the next one feels worse, and the next one feels worse. So what do you normally do after you hit a bad chip? you probably rehearse a better chipping motion. You try to figure out what you did wrong mechanically so you don't do it again on the next one. And you go ahead and block off 30 minutes after the round because you're going to need that to head to the chipping green. But in working on your swing, instead of addressing your psychology, you're teaching your brain that being more perfect is what will help. So each new time you have that shot, or any scary situation, you try even harder to do better, which usually leads to more tension, not less. And in being judgmental of yourself about a bad shot and resolving that better technique is the standard, 
you further teach your brain that trying harder and tensing up and forcing yourself to make good swings is the only way out of this, which makes the thought of failure even worse and even more of a life or death situation to your brain. Maybe you're starting to see how perfectionism breeds breeds anxiety, which breeds more perfectionism, which breeds even more anxiety. So the loop continues like this. So you have yet another tough chip. Isn't it funny how you get more impossible chips when you're anxious about them? Golf has a way of like sticking it to you. So you have yet another tough chip, even more threatening of a situation because of the last one and risk of more embarrassment. So the tough chip seems even more threatening the worse it goes, the more you spiral. So you try even harder to make a good move this time, which leads to even more tension, which leads to a bad chip, but you survived, which leads to your brain really thinking it's doing a good job now because it's trying harder. It's doing more of what you want it to do. So it says, cha-ching, I'm getting what I want. I'm doing more and more of what I want it to do. The swing is the symptom. The psychology is the actual sickness. Addressing the symptom may provide temporary relief, but addressing the actual sickness makes the problem go away permanently. Trying to swing better during the round might feel good for a shot or two. It might even help for a bit, but you're really just teaching your brain to dig in even more into the unhelpful habit. So addressing your swing is addressing the symptom. Addressing your psychology is addressing the actual sickness and addressing the actual sickness, which is your psychology, not that you're sick, not that you're a head case, again, remember, but in this analogy, addressing your psychology is what will make the actual problem, the deep, the deeper problem go away permanently. So then begs the question, how do you address the deeper cause, which is your psychology, not just the symptom? which is your swing or your tension. A lot of us uh, try to, um, like, I'm going to grip it lighter, or I'm going to um, I'm, I'm going to feel less tense. I'm going to relax my jaw. Those are all symptoms. Those are all, uh, that's just tension, which is a symptom of the deeper thing, which is your psychology. So how, are you, how can you address those? How can you address the actual psychology, not the symptom? Let's use a couple of steps from a process I learned from Judson Brewer's book, Unwinding Anxiety. Uh, You might have heard me mention this before. It's a great book. I highly recommend it. And the the one that came before it, I'll call it a prequel, uh, The Craving Mind. Both are very good. The Craving Mind and Unwinding Anxiety by Judson Brewer. Great books, scientific psychology books, not golf specific, but people-specific, psychology-specific, which everything comes from your psychology. So read those books and learn. So it starts with awareness. Awareness is the first step. You have to first notice that your brain is perceiving the current situation as threatening. Until you notice those thoughts, you will just be an autopilot, living in that perceived life-or-death feeling. As Judson Brewer puts it in Unwinding Anxiety, you can learn to recognize your habit loops while they're happening, rather than waking up at the end of them. Unquote. So first, simply notice the feelings and emotions you are experiencing. And 
that might sound like broken record to you because um, it always starts with awareness. It always starts with noticing. If you aren't bringing a um, a mentality of awareness and recognition to what you're doing, then you can't defend yourself. You can't um, you can't address your issues unless you know that they're there. So it always starts with simply noticing the feelings and emotions you are experiencing rather than waking up at the end of them. Like Judson Brewer says it all of a sudden it happened. You went through this, you were barraged by these thoughts and then you wake up and, Oh dang, I was, I didn't realize I was thinking that you have to notice them as they're happening. So next let those feelings and emotions go by bringing a curiosity to them. Step two is curiosity. Likely, when you hit a bad shot, you knee-jerk react to it in a negative way. A lot of us in these moments say fake positive things to try to cheer ourselves up in a fake-it-till-you-make-it sort of way. Fake never works for your brain. Curiosity, though, lands somewhere between negative and positive. Again, from unwinding anxiety, Curiosity is asking questions to yourself like, what am I getting from doing this behavior? Do I want to keep doing this? So for our example of a tough, scary, end-of-the-grain chip shot, you might bring a curiosity to it like, interesting how I think being scared of this chip shot is going to help me hit it better. But what do I get from being scared? Those kind of questions are are curious questions. And the key is being non-judgmental towards yourself. Curiosity isn't judgmental. When you're genuinely curious about something, you leave your opinions and biases at the door, biases at the door, and simply explore this new thing with open-minded interest. It's uh, curiosity is is open. It's not judgmental. You're not um, you're not expecting to uh, what you might learn from it. You're open to whatever you're going to discover. So take that same curiosity to your own thinking and behaviors. You could say something like, why am I tensing up before I hit this shot? What's so scary about a chip shot? Does fearing a bad shot help me hit a good one? Compare this to how we normally react to a bad shot. Uh, Dang it, you did it again. You always do that here. You're so bad at chipping. You need to work on this and get out of your head. We berate ourselves and then try to force ourselves into correct behavior. Or on the flip side, we might say something super positive and say, that's okay, you got the next one, don't worry about that one, you got this, and in a fake it till you make it sort of way. And both don't address it in the proper way. Both are casting judgment onto what you're experiencing or ignoring what you're experiencing or trying to distract from what you're experiencing. Instead, by curiously investigating our behavior, we are showing our brain why our behavior is unhelpful. The brain will always do what feels better to it. If you show the brain that being tense and afraid is actually not rewarding, and being open and free is much more rewarding, eventually your brain will default to the more rewarding thing. Your new autopilot mode will be automatically doing a helpful thing. Wouldn't that be nice? So how can we measure the improvement of this? This process is subtle and slow, again, contrary to how we normally want to force things to be. We want them to happen now, but this process is is slow. 
but you will be able to notice the change over time. You will be able to. Rather than judging and berating yourself and forcing yourself to try harder and swing better next time, you'll feel how different it is to be curious about an unhelpful habit. And because you're being more aware of what you're thinking and feeling, I'd encourage you to journal these experiences to better see them change over time. Even if it's something really small, like I noticed my tension on that chip on hole four, or I got scared on the tee shot on hole 16. Is being scared going to help me? No, it makes me more tense and make quicker swings. Just jotting down a few sentences like that, a few thoughts. This may sound too easy. Just notice with curiosity and journal. But again, you've got to show your brain the more rewarding behavior and eventually it will change. Journaling this shows you, it gets it out of your head swimming around and shows you in physically in front of you what this change looks like and that and the curious questions that you're bringing to it. You're untangling deeply ingrained habits which takes persistence and patience, so you have to you have to allow this to take time. As Dr. Pryor said in his appearance on the Mental Golf Show uh, earlier this year, back in February, if you haven't listened to that episode, you should go listen to it. As he said, patience is a long road, but it's still the shortest road to significant and sustainable change. So bring patience to this process. You can't You can't expect yourself to magically have better psychology over scary shots because of the ingrained behavior that you've uh, that you've created into a habit. So bring patience to it. It'll be faster rather than trying quick fixes. Like I'm going to, I'm going to grip the grip it, uh, not as tight, or I'm going to try cross handed, or I'm going to try this or that you veer off into that off that road. You try it for a while. doesn't work. You come back to where you were. You have spent maybe a month doing this quick fix and you're still where you were. So you spent a month and didn't make any progress. You're back where you were. Instead, you could have spent that month patiently untangling your habit at the source rather than addressing the symptom. So let's let's summarize what we've gone through today. Having emotions doesn't make you a head case. It makes you human. Your brain uses those emotions like fear to keep you alive. Survival means tense, quick swings, which means bad shots. We try to fix this tension and these bad shots through doubling down on fixing our technique. But trying to have perfect technique makes us even more tense. Instead, we need to address the actual issue, which is the fear, through awareness and curiosity and verbalize your thoughts and track your progress through journaling what you notice. If you have any questions about what you heard or you have a suggestion for a topic or a guest for the show, shoot an email to mentalgolfshow at gmail.com. And if you're a competitive golfer and you feel like you're not getting what you can out of your game and you think your psychology is what's holding you back, like the things we've talked about today, but you have some more specific situations that you need to address, and and this just doesn't quite get it for you. I'm a golf psychology coach, and I work with players all over the world. If you'd like more info or to see what coaching entails, head to foundationsmp.com. Again, that's foundationsmp.com. 
or send me an email at foundationsgolf at gmail.com. Again, that email address is foundationsgolf at gmail.com. All right, everybody. Thanks for listening to this episode of The Mental Golf Show. I'm Josh Nichols, and I'll catch you guys next time.